Welcome to the Happy Kids Podcast, produced by the Better Living Institute and sponsored by AppDoodle for your software needs, BulletPad for writing lists on your iPad, and also sponsored by our listeners. That's folks like you. We're Kira and Bill Van Intersom, and welcome to today's show. Today's title is 12 Steps to Competence. Hello, everyone. So we're talking today about competent kids and how to raise them. (laughs) We have a little experience with that. I think we did pretty well, Bill. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we do have two boys who are now men, and they're both pretty competent. We're pleased about that situation. One of them has a family and one of them does not, but they get along well in the world and they do well with their careers. We're excited about that type of happiness. And now we have three grandkids that we're helping get through that phase too. <laughs> I think the first step is to allow and encourage kids to take some safe risks. What you can do to prepare them for that is discuss the actions and consequences of whatever activity they're going to be involved in. Then let them make the decision whether or not they want to do it. The more different things they try, the more that they're going to learn about themselves, what they like, what they don't, what they might be good at. Things that they don't necessarily feel comfortable doing. So if they don't take any risks, it's going to be quite difficult to raise a child that will be fully embracing all of life's opportunities. Right. Now, the second step that we want to talk about is how to deal with other people and to feel competent where you're standing in relation to other people. We do want to guide them, but we want them to resolve their own conflicts. Yeah, that's a biggie. Anyone who has been around young children knows that there are times when they don't get along, (laughs) either with their brothers and sisters or with their friends or with children at school or even with adult figures outside their home. That's right. At our house, we have the odd kid out scenario. When our grandkids are over, since we have three of them, inevitably, one of them is going to be outvoted or even in many cases excluded when they play together. That's when, as adults, we can sort of help them to think things through. We can ask them some questions to help them, to guide them through making a decision. The bottom line is they want to make their own decision. So you could ask them, could you change your activity to include this person? Can you take a few minutes to finish up what you're doing and then play something that you can all do together? Or maybe, do you see how this person's feeling? What's happening to their feelings? What you're doing is hurting this person. Then you allow them to respond however they wish. And sometimes you're not happy with their response. But the more they can work things through without being forced, the better. Well, they own the decision at that point. It's quite important. Step number three is to let the kids understand that some decisions are theirs to make, but because you're an adult and you're responsible for them, some of the decisions are yours to make, and there's not going to be any bending when it's your decision to make. Like, what time should they go to bed? Other things like, they have to go to school when it's a school day. No hooky. But they can help decide what they're going to wear, of course, within limits. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. (laughs) 
And you can also require them to complete an activity or some kind of class, maybe a sport even, because it involves commitment and agreement with others and other people are depending on them. Now, at the end of that season, if they still dislike what was happening, then yeah, it's safe to stop that program and perhaps start up some other one. But to have that commitment to go through that full season, if it's a sport, or that full dance class without quitting out, just to see it through and to see how well they could do by the end. I think that's really important for them because they sometimes get that feeling that they did contribute something that was important just by staying the course. They begin to realize that it was important for them to be there and to be supporting the other kids and that their presence there really did make a difference. Right. Now, step number four is to help kids understand that getting great at something is a process. It's not just the destination. It is built slowly and surely with a lot of practice. Right. This is something that a lot of adults don't know how to do. They want to be great at something the first time out. And if they can't be and they can see that they're not going to be, they won't try it at all. Or they'll rush through it trying to get it to work so quickly. And I think a lot of this stems from when these adults were little kids and no one really impressed upon them that they didn't have to be perfect right out of the gate. Right. And I think, too, there's a lot of peer pressure when kids are little and they don't want their friends to see them doing something that's not quite up to par. So that is an icky feeling. But you can let them know that nobody becomes perfect at anything out of the gate. Most people do have to work pretty hard to get good at something. So honing a skill takes time and practice. Make sure to show that you appreciate their efforts, that you're proud of their work, and try to help them understand that just participating will help them grow as an individual. Now, you can also get them coaching on the side. That is quite good and expected if you can either afford it or if you have the time yourself to do it. If they're on a baseball team, throw catch after work or do some batting practice and other things. Take them to a batting cage. Extra effort is always rewarded, always. And so that brings us to step five, which is help them to have lots of opportunities to find their strengths. It's okay if they try and they fail at lots of things because they're going to learn what fits and what doesn't. Well, you're encouraging them to have fun with life and to embrace the opportunities of life. (laughs) Right. And when they hit on something that they really enjoy, they will love that feeling and that'll carry them through toward lots of other activities that they'll engage in as a result. When we're listening to some of the talk shows, or we're studying the careers of gifted or famous people, whether it be sports figures or movie stars or even math or physics competitive people, we see that a lot of times something happened when they were 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, somewhere in that range, like from 6 to 12, and all of a sudden they caught it, and they got it, and they loved it, and (laughs) that changed their whole life. And it really helped put them on that path to be in the greatness category. By the same token, as Bill mentioned earlier, if you find that kids need improvement, this is step number six, 
then as adults, we need to help them improve at things that really matter to them. They may really like something, but they may not be really great at it right away. (laughs) Help them to hang in there, whether it's dance or reading or a sport or art or social interaction, whatever it is. You have to have that can-do spirit. So you want to help them in any way you can, and you want to let them know that you're there to help them. You can ask their friends to help practice with them. You can get one-on-one instruction, as I was mentioning before. So you can do the work with them or you can hire a tutor. When our oldest son was in high school, we actually hired an alto sax tutor for him. This fellow got him to the next level so that the next semester he was able to get into the school jazz band. This tutor also took him to some of his gigs so he got to see what it was like out in the real world. It really was quite exciting. And of course, we couldn't do that. Neither one of us played an instrument at that time. That's right. But we were willing to do what was necessary. We were willing to take them places they needed to go. I can recall so many times that we were the drivers taking kids to math and science competitions all over the state. Chess meets. Yeah, all kinds of things that the kids got involved in. You just have to be a willing participant as a parent to make sure it all happens. Absolutely. Another thing is you can set up reward systems or a celebration plan of some kind when your kid really succeeds at something, and that will make them feel really great, too, that you noticed. It doesn't have to be big. You know, maybe going for ice cream or having some other special consumable treat. It doesn't have to be a big weekend or something like that. Absolutely. Just recognition. (laughs) Now, we need to take a break to thank one of our sponsors. And when we come back, we'll pick up with step number seven of our 12 Steps to Competence. So we'll be right back. Time to thank one of our sponsors. Today's show is sponsored by BulletPad, the fun and intuitive app for writing outlines and organizing your thoughts on your iPad. With BulletPad, you can quickly create a hierarchical list of bullet points, giving structure to your great ideas. BulletPad is an outstanding tool for writers, thinkers, and folks like you. Begin organizing today. Get BulletPad for free. Just go to the App Store on your iPad and search for BulletPad. And we're back. Now we are on step seven. Seven is help kids develop their own unique strengths. You have to let them know that you value their unique expression. Sometimes kids will have an interest that other kids don't have, and they will have a strength that's worth developing. They can gain social recognition and acceptance by doing that when perhaps they aren't popular in other things, but it's really important to let a kid gain that kind of admiration and popularity on their own terms. That will carry them through life, too, with a sense of competence and acceptance. You know, the entire school experience doesn't have to be one long string of competitions. It can be some things that kids do by themselves and even excel at by themselves. Things like art projects, or doing volunteer work at their church, or at some other group that they love, like the Boy Scouts or Girl Scouts. Right. So as adults, I think it really is kind of up to us to notice what these strengths are that we see them involved in. And then we can often help them to really shine in that area. We can, as Bill mentioned earlier, get them some extra training in that area. 
or sometimes just show appreciation and help them to find more resources in that particular area that they have interest in. This can really give a kid a strong vision for a successful future to live into when they know that they can do something really well, especially when it's something no one else does very well. That's really kind of a cool feeling. Absolutely. So step eight is to give kids a way out of activities or even friendship relationships that they truly don't like. So listen and take heed when they say, I don't want to do that again, or I just don't like being with that person. Now, this is not in the middle of the program, mind you. As we said earlier, we like to see them continue with something they start. They get one month into dance and they say, I hate this. Oh my gosh, I hate this. Maybe there's a part of dance that they can get moved, like say to another class or something where there might be more of a fit, but try to make a bargain with them that they'll finish at least that part of the program. But don't insist that they have to play with the child next door or don't insist that they have to be friends with their cousin or someone else. Right. And I think it's really hard. You have to recognize that children are people just like we are, and they have their likes and dislikes. We need to honor that about them. Step number nine is to let your child be a helper when you're doing something that they may learn from or enjoy doing. And this could really be just about anything. For example, it could be cooking or singing, playing an instrument, which Bill mentioned earlier. Maybe doing a craft project that you like to do or playing a game together with that child. Do things with your children to also help them have unique experiences that they can own. Let them bring physical games home from school, like some of those special jump rope activities with two different jump ropes and some of the other things that they might do four square, something that they do specially at school. And oftentimes you can find the same setups over at the city park. So, for instance, the Foursquare, certainly, and some of the uh, basketball games where they have the hoop, but they come out with a funnel at the bottom and shoot the ball this way and that way. And you can pick that up at the park as well as at the school playground. And this gives them a chance to show you something and let you participate with them on the same level that they're at. Right. And that leads us to step number 10, which is ask your kids to teach you something that they do well. One of our grandkids likes to do those little rubber band bracelets that they make on this gadget that they put everything on, and he can really do some wonderful things with that. I really enjoyed some of the projects that he got involved in, and I learned how to do them, which was really quite fun. It's just a really magical question to ask them. Could you teach me how to do that? Could you teach me how to do that new dance you're doing? Or could you teach me that song that you've just been singing around the house or on the way home from school in the car? Right. Or even, could you help me to choose some colors for this design I'm working on? When a kid has a strength, build on that. Do whatever you can do to get them turned on. Well, we need to take one more quick break to thank another sponsor. And when we return, we're going to finish up with steps 11 and 12. So we'll be back in a sec. Also sponsoring our show today is AppJudo, your complete web and mobile application development service. 
AppJudo uses the best technologies and computer science principles to build attractive and intuitive user interfaces that your customers will easily understand and love to use. Whether you want to design and build a new app or refactor and redesign an existing app, AppJudo can help make your project a success. Visit AppJudo today at www.appjudo.com. And we're back, Bill, and you were going to talk now about step number 11. Step number 11, Kira, is to share your kid with other trusted adults. And what does that mean? You know, farm them out for some money or no, no, no. As a matter of fact, we just saw a clip on one of the local news channels the other night about being careful when your kids are exposed to other adults and to make sure that you really know what's going on and that you have really vetted that other adult. But especially if it's in a group like, again, Boy Scouts or Girl Scouts, or it's a youth group at your church or synagogue or mosque that you have some other adults to expose your child to. This helps to give them an expanded view of the world. And they also learn that there's more than one way of being. They're around you, their mom and dad, so much. The grandparents like us so much. And then they're around their teachers at school and maybe even the vice principal, possibly even the principal as far as grade school is concerned. But then They don't get a lot of other interaction. So this is a great way for them to see how interaction works between somebody who is one step removed in the love and care for them than their parents or their grandparents or their teachers and how that person acts. How does that adult act? Right. And they learn that there are lots of good ways to accomplish things because adults have lots of different ways of doing things. Also, adult models that shine their lights on kids really do help them to feel naturally valued and important and acceptable to others. This is important for kids. They certainly have a different perspective. And by golly, they can bring some new creative things back to you based on some of the new things they've learned with this adult. So be open and watching for that, too. Right. Now we're at our last step, and this is step number 12. Be honest with your child and speak your truth with lots of caring and lots of compassion. You want to help your child to think things through, and you want to help them by modeling the fact that they can voice their feelings. You want to do the same in your own behavior with them and teach them how to speak their truth. This is how they'll learn. You want to help them to think things through to be able to say how they actually feel about something, to listen to their concerns, and do so without judging them. So we're very much talking about two-way communication. Oftentimes, their interaction with adults is one-way communication. Probably most of the time at school, it's one-way communication. So the teacher has to get order in the class, class come to order, class stop talking, Class stop laughing, class get your books out, class get ready for your test. So many times, there's not a lot of two-way conversation that's happening. At home, that's a good time to watch for one-way communication on your part. It can go the same way because that's expedient and that saves you time and energy, but it doesn't build very good communicators and it certainly doesn't build very good decision makers. I think that's true. 
When a child is speaking to you, if you're not clear about what they're saying, you can say back to them, do you mean, and then repeat what you think they said and get clear about what they're saying. Really listen and really encourage your child to speak out and be clear about how they're feeling and make them feel safe when they're doing that. You will be building competent kids by following these steps, and especially this last one, where they can be clear not only what you said, but they know that you heard what they said so that their opinion is being valued as well. And that means a lot to them, even if their opinion is not going to prevail. So these are the steps that will get you to amazing adults when they grow up. And I think that's the end of today's podcast, Bill. Well, thank you, Kira. And I had fun with this as well. We hope you got some good pointers from this. I really do think that these things worked for us as we were raising our kids. Our kids came and told us many things that I never really expected them to tell me. Very intricate, private things about their lives. And they did so from the get-go at an early age. And we're still great friends. So these techniques will work. I really believe they will. They came directly from our hearts to you, so please take them and use them to your benefit. That's our show for today. Bill and I want to thank you for listening to the Happy Kids Podcast. To subscribe to our show, go to iTunes Podcast and look for the Better Living Institute, the Happy Kids Podcast. There you'll also find all the podcasts produced by the Better Living Institute, the Book Talk Podcast, the Healthy Tips Podcast, the Love Stories Podcast, and our two newest podcasts, The Happiness Experience and today's podcast, The Happy Kids Podcast. At the Better Living Institute, we're creating health, wealth, and happiness, one loving conversation at a time. You can also find our podcast and view all of the great stories, photos, and links that we post by visiting our website at www.betterlivinginstitute.com. While there, please go to our contact page and leave us a comment. Kira and I encourage you to send us some feedback. You can also like and message us on Facebook. Just go to www.facebook.com dot com forward slash better living institute in addition our email address is feedback at better living institute.com we hope you'll listen again next time and remember to share our show with your friends and family this is kieran bill van itterson for the better living institute saying so long for now everyone